It's time to take a look around the NFL with our weekly visit from John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. I need to see a dog make a play. No puppies. I need a dog to make a play. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Joining me now on the phone lines is one of my favorite guests to talk to each and every week. It's my guy, John McClain, formerly of the Houston Chronicle. Does all kinds of little freelancing work now. He stays busy on Twitter at McClain underscore on <laughs> underscore NFL on Twitter. And John, I appreciate your time as always and want to get into some comments. Colin Kaepernick, want to get into some Deshaun Watson, but I want to start off getting into some what's going on with John McClain and the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, the experience that you had, and uh, just go ahead and break it down, man. Let everyone know here in Las Vegas what you've been doing the last few days and, and your Hall of Fame experience. Well, Q, I got to tell you, I thought going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2006 that uh, that'd be the greatest honor I've ever had. But being a native Texan and going into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame just was overwhelming. It was only the second media class in our state's history, which means I'm one of only eight writers in our state's history. And you know how big Texas is and how many writers and broadcasters there are going back to the 20s. So it was in my hometown of Waco, and I had friends from my elementary school, my junior high, my high school, and Baylor. And uh, it was indeed the greatest night of my life. It, the other seven were all from Dallas-Fort Worth area, so I was representing the rest of Texas. It was me versus the Metroplex. <laughs> and the general one, uh, the general one, I, I love it, man, and I'll tell you, I've been to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame plenty of time. I've seen that wall where the broadcasters are, you know, and it's a very small wall because it's the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, but uh, what an honor, and I know Shereen Williams, who's a Hall of Famer just like you are, uh, she was there with you. That's your good buddy. How cool has it been to be on this journey, you know, side-by-side side with Shereen? When I went to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Shereen Williams, who, who I met 30 years ago, she was at uh, the Orlando paper covering the Buccaneers. Then she went to Fort Worth, covered the Cowboys. Now she works for Pro Football Talk at NBC. And she was my presenter in 06. And we rode in a red Corvette convertible in the parade with the Hall of Famers through downtown Canton. She was in the front seat, passenger seat. And Carol and I were sitting up on the back. And it was incredible to have her with me then and it was incredible to share the stage with her people like brad sham voice of the cowboys randy galloway longtime columnist and uh, talk show host and it was such an honor and it was an even bigger deal for me personally to go in with shereen i ended my speech with second bears and she ended hers with Giga Maggie. <laughs> That's right. And she is a proud uh, Aggie alum right there. And you are a proud uh, Baylor Bear. So I'm not mad at that at all. And congratulations again, man. I'd love to see uh, all the honors that you're receiving and very well earned honors that you're receiving at that. John McClain is our guest right now on Unnecessary Roughness here on Red Nation Radio 920. Now, earlier this week, John, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, Colin Kaepernick, his name popped up again. The Raiders brought him in for a visit. He, he didn't sign. Uh, it's Workouts happen. They happen all the time. But of course, when you add Kaepernick's name to it it becomes a bigger deal uh what did you make of of the Raiders bringing him in and and do you think that he's got anything left after not playing the game since 2016 there's a lot of bad quarterbacking in the NFL and I would I'm certain there's a place for him I think he should be a backup try to work his way back up into being a starter it's been a lot of t long time you know the NFL admitted they screwed him and uh 
and he was blackballed by the league and Seattle had him working out, but they didn't sign him now. The Raiders, you know, Ziegler and McDaniels, they knew, and Mark Davis, if you bring him in for a workout, it's going to get a lot of attention. And then everybody's going to want to know, uh, well, how did he do? And I know McDaniels said, you're not going to talk about it. And the thing is, if you sign Kaepernick, say the Raiders sign him, and Derek Carr struggles the first two games, and they go one and one, and he doesn't play well, there's going to be a big segment of the fan base that's going to demand for Kaepernick to play and remember the way he was when he went to the Super Bowl and lost to Baltimore. So they have to weather that kind of outside pressure and a distraction. But, uh, you know, Kaepernick's been working out a lot, too. He's been having them filmed at different places around the country, trying to get a tryout. And I think it should be a tip of the football helmet to the Raiders that they gave him one whether they sign him or not. And if they don't sign him now, maybe somebody is hurt and they sign him then. Right, exactly. That's one of the things I was thinking. And also, we've talked before in the past about teams bringing guys in and giving them a workout. And sometimes that kind of makes other teams look and say, hey, well, maybe we should bring him in and just take a look at him as well. Do you think that's an opportunity? Maybe a couple other teams will take a look at Cap now? I I don't know. I don't think they're influenced by the Raiders. He's been doing – everything he can on social media to try to get another chance. And the Raiders were never afraid to take chances with Al Davis. Now they're not afraid to take chances with Mark Davis. So it's not a surprise that they would be the most recent team to bring him in. And I'm assuming if they don't sign him, they'll never talk about it. And, uh, but I think it is good for him because it brings him back into the public consciousness And uh, it's too bad what happened to him. People didn't understand it at the time that he took the knee to protest racial injustice. And so I I hope he gives another opportunity because there's so many teams that need quarterbacks. I don't know if he'd do it, but, you know, we got two new leagues out there where he could go if he wanted to. And a lot of people say, well, that's beneath him. But the fact is when you haven't played – in a long time, you might want to show what you can do when uh, everything is real. Yeah, no, that's 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 true. And we've actually had a couple people call into the station and say, hey, maybe the USFL, maybe he should give him a shot there and just show what he could do. So I guess that could be definitely an option. Again, we're talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, talking all things NFL. How about this? John Gruden had his day in court the other day here in Las Vegas, and he won round one against the NFL. No arbitration, not a dismissal of the lawsuit. Um, there's a long way to go in this, John, but just what did you think of him winning round one against the NFL? Hugh, that was Big, big with a capital B. And I'll tell you what, the NFL will never go to court. They don't want their dirty laundry aired. St. Louis got almost a billion dollars to go away because the judge was saying, okay, we want Jerry Jones to open up his books. We want Robert Kraft to open up his books. They'd rather get 10 colonoscopies than have to open up their books. So Gruden, like he needs money, right. you know, he's going to get a lot of money to settle. 
Wow. It's going to be interesting. It really is. He, he had mentioned when he left the courtroom something about we'll see how it all plays out. Go Raiders. You know, he was in a decent spirit. And I guess when you win against the NFL and rounds like that, uh, I guess that would put you in a good spirit. So uh, he's got nothing but money right now and a lot of opportunity and, and time on his hands. So I feel like he can really dig in and, and try to you know ride this thing out if he wants to. Gruden doesn't need money, of course. Right. And I don't see him coaching again. But something I could see him doing, and this goes back to when he was the ESPN analyst and he did those football uh, shows before the draft where he worked with the quarterback prospects at the computer and on the field. Can you imagine, Q, if they had in Las Vegas the John Gruden quarterback camp mm. or in Oakland, the right. John Gruden quarterback camp? I think it would be on a par with the Manning family quarterback camp they have every year. And I don't think Gruden – I mean, I don't have any idea what John wants to do, but I guarantee you the fact that he came back to coaching when he did that, uh, and he had the analyst job before that, he's got to be bored to death. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he doesn't uh, strike me as a guy that just sits around and wants to do nothing. You know, he seems like a guy that always wants to be active, and I, I don't really blame him at all. Talking again with John McClain here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Earlier this week, uh, Deshaun Watson, his name was all in the headlines, and it's going to be there for a while. The HBO special came out over the weekend. Uh, did not look good, but, I mean, that's you know that's what it's there for. Uh, what's the latest and the greatest that you're hearing with Deshaun Watson? What did you think of the HBO special? Well, first of all, none of that was new to us in Houston. If you've read the lawsuits, which I have three times, everything that was said by the two plaintiffs, they've said in their lawsuits, and they've done multiple interviews here, Ashley Solis has. So, but it was news to a national audience. It was certainly news to Cleveland Browns fans. And I said on talk shows up there, if you want to know what happened or what they, they contend happened, then read the lawsuits Mm -hmm. and they're not gonna they say they're not gonna settle q i just can't believe that some point they're gonna settle because it's going to be a constant distraction the suits won't be heard during the season and you're not going to get 22 in one off season so say all 22 went to court think of how many years that would take and that would dog watson everywhere he could have settled initially and it would have gone away, and he didn't do it. He got bad advice from somebody. And the only time he was going to settle was when they scrambled right before last year's trade deadline, and he was going from Houston to Miami for three ones, a three and a five. And the Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross, said on Thursday, they got to be settled, but they could only get 18 of the 22 because the other four didn't want to sign non-disclosures according to their attorney tony busby they wanted to be able to tell their story so watson is going to be dogged by this every step of the way but he's got 230 million guaranteed and he's fired up about playing fired up about helping the browns win and as soon as he gets on the field cue and completes a pass fans will be cheering for him like crazy now, they really will, but what do you think that the front office is thinking at this point, knowing that this could drag out as long as we've been talking about it? I mean, this can go for years. They had to have known that when they signed him. I can't believe the Cleveland Browns did not say, okay, if we're going to give you $230 million guaranteed, the most in history, 
a contract that is going to cause every other team to hate us. We want you to guarantee you will have this settled before training camp begins because we don't want this distraction. We're trying to get back in the playoffs. We're trying to win a tough division, and we don't want to get asked about this every day. We don't want it in the media every day. We don't want it in social media every day. So we want your guarantee it's going to be settled. And if they didn't do that, they deserve everything they get as far as distractions over those 22 civil suits. Final question about Deshaun Watson. Uh, Roger Goodell had mentioned uh, when he was at the meetings in Atlanta that, you know, it looks like the investigation was going to get wrapped up pretty quickly. What kind of suspension are you thinking that's going to roll down for Deshaun, if any? First of all, Q, it's, it would be grossly unfair to the Browns and their fans if this drug out, say, to the start of the season. They need to know who their starting quarterback is going to be on day one. Everybody figures it's going to be Jacoby Brissett. Well, if that's the case, even though Watson can be there when he's suspended, uh, but he has to leave when the season starts, they need Brissett working with the first team, taking the snaps, working with all his new teammates, because they got to win with Watson out. Right. And so it wouldn't surprise me if it's not half a season. As it is, if the investigator, if she recommends no suspension, then there's no suspension. Goodell can't come back and say, well, no, we're going to do six games. The only thing he or somebody appointed by him can change is if the uh, appeal, they could knock it down. But they can't go against the investigator. So that's the key. If she says 10, maybe makes it eight or six, or maybe he leaves it at 10, then I think it's going to be done before training camp. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, it really does, and I've been interested to see exactly what it's going to be. I can't imagine it would be nothing, but then again, there's a lot of things I can't imagine that have happened, so we'll just have to wait and see. Final question for you, John. Uh, I know OTAs are going on across the league. I was out at the Raiders uh, OTAs on Thursday. It was fun to just be back out to see some football action. Uh, what storylines, you know, what, what is the most intriguing storyline for, for NFL for you this upcoming season? The, the quarterbacks, Brady coming back, Russell Wilson, being traded, Derek Carr being re-signed, how tough the AFC West should be from top to bottom. New coaches have taken jobs like, can Doug Peterson turn around a Jaguars franchise that's been pathetic before 2017 and after 2017? So the top draft picks, you know, how quick do they fit in? There's so many interesting storylines. And then there's the controversy. What do they do about Washington? When will they make a ruling on Dan Snyder? It seems like something pops up new about a team about every week. <laughs> there are always, they never run out of newsworthy items when it comes to the NFL. No, that's true. That's facts, and that's why they're a, a money-making machine. They print money on the regular. We talk about them each and every day, and we love every minute of it. Well, John, fantastic stuff as always, my man. It's Memorial Day weekend. Of course, we always observe and realize what Memorial Day means, but uh, what do you got coming up this weekend, and uh, what are you working on that we need to be on the lookout for? I go out, and I my Twitter, I tweet a lot because I got almost 150,000 followers, and I go to the Texans practices. We go once a week at, for the OTAs, and then I do observations, and then I do all my talk shows like 
with you and DeMond. And I appreciate it very much, Q. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Tuesday. All right. Appreciate you, John. Have a great one. Thank you. There he goes right there, the great John McClain, formerly of the Houston Chronicle. And you heard him right there talk about he goes out to OTAs once a week media session. You know who the GM there is in Houston? Nick Casario. You know where Nick Casario came from? New England Patriots. So, no, the same access that we're getting once a week for OTAs. We'll get some action next week as well. It's the same action that they're getting there in Houston. And, hey, uh, like I've said many times, not mad at that at all. I mean, hey, whatever they want us to do is what we'll do. We're going to cover the team the best we can and bring you as much as possible uh, so you're up to date knowing exactly what's going on with the silver and black. Let's go before we take a quick break. Let's go out to the phone line, 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Juan the Smasher, right here in Vegas. Juan, what's on your mind, my man? What's up, Q? What's going on? Hey, man, I'm chilling, man. How are you doing? I know that's right. Hey, I'm right here blessed, my man. Hey, yes. Hey, welcome back. You know what I'm saying? And and, and our vacation was uh, you, you had a good one with all them Coronas and all the Mexican liquors. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, sir. I know exactly <laughs> what you're saying. At Kaepernick, D. If the if the Raiders sign Kaepernick, that'll be the old-fashioned Raiders uh, doing what Raiders do. You know what I'm saying? Bringing guys that nobody wants and make them into Raiders and make them into winners. You feel me? I got no problem with that. And also for the for the season, I can't wait, Q. Come on, man. Hey, let's get this. I can see my boy Carr and Adams winning us the Super Bowl. Let's go, baby. A lot of people believe in white Jesus. I believe in them Raiders. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Wanda Smasher right there. Look, he always has he always has like a, a one line or two lines. That are fantastic. And if you can see Devon's face right now, he didn't know where you were going with that. He didn't know if he was going to have to hit the dump button. He had no clue at all. That was fantastic. That look that you had on your face, it's funny, and we'll take a break right after that. Uh, we we were on last night, myself and Ian Fitzsimmons on ESPN, and we were going back and forth to when the Warriors won the, won the series, and so they're advancing to the finals. So we were going back and forth to the podium. Well, the podium was live. Everything was fantastic until we got to Draymond Green. And I don't know if you saw or watched what Draymond Green actually said. He's going through, and, and a young lady asks him a question about, well, you said you don't want to mess with us or you don't want to, you know, she was trying to be PG about the, the question. And he goes, no, I said you don't want to effing play us. But he didn't say effing. He actually said the word. And me and Ian looked at it because it's live, right? Me and Ian looked at us just like you did right now where your eyes got huge. And we're like, oh, my God. And I'm at the house. He's in his home studio. So we don't know if the guy hit the dump button in the studio. We don't know if they're paying attention or not because they couldn't, you know, they might not be. All of a sudden they jumped in our ears like, yeah, we hit the dump button. So it didn't go out over the air. But when you made that look on your face, that's exactly what I thought of. It was hilarious. So. Uh, there you go. Uh, good stuff right there, Juan. Appreciate the call, my man. And always thank you to John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. 319 is the time. We have Donna Oglesby, former Raiderette and current Las Vegas Aces dance team member, part of the High Rollers, coming up at 330. But coming up next is DeMond's time to shine. He went and saw Top Gun. He's going to give us a review of it. He's going to break it on down. He's fired up. I don't know if that's good, bad, or ugly, but we'll find out next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. 
Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. You know, earlier in the show, we were talking about the Raiders offseason. And if you thought it was a successful offseason, if you didn't think it was a successful offseason, that comes from uh, Bill Barnwell from ESPN. He put out a piece and he had them ranked 28th. Then said that he didn't think that they had a very good offseason. He listed off his reasons why. You actually heard the audio when he was on uh, the radio show I did last night on ESPN. And I shouted out one guy. I shouted out Mike. I said, hey, I know for a fact uh, there's a guy who tweets at me named Mike who's a you know, big-time Raider fan, but he doesn't believe in the direction that the uh, organization's going right now. And I n- never get mad at him when he tweets at me and tells me this because that's his opinion, and that's cool. I respect that. And he explains why. Well, Mike has chimed in. He said, smart free agent money is not used to reward older players for great careers, especially if those careers were spent elsewhere. I don't trust these Patriots, and I can 100% see them scapegoating D.C. if things go bad this year. Bidwell is a pretty smart guy. That's from uh, that's from Mike, and that's on on Twitter at uh, Mikey GNB. And Mike, I do appreciate you. Uh, and we don't always agree. We don't always agree on on uh, you know what he has to say or what I have to say. He doesn't always agree with me, but we can always go back and forth and talk on a respectful level level and just say, hey, okay, that's that's your thoughts. I respect that. This is my counter, whatever. Back and forth, it's all good. So it's a it's a wait and see mode. You know, there's. I understand reason to be skeptical. You know, how many times have you set yourself up and feel like, oh, man, this is great, this is great, this is great, only to be let down in the end? Especially as Raider Nation, we all know about that, right? How many times have we gone into a season and like, man, this is going to be fantastic, only for it not to be? I don't think that's the case. I think things are going to go really well this year. I really do. But, again, I understand the wait-and-see approach. So, Mike, thank you so much for that tweet. I do appreciate you. Again, coming up at 3.30, Donna Oglesby, former Raiderette, is going to join the show to talk about her new role as a high roller. That's the Las Vegas Aces dance team. And uh, before we get to that, though, we got to turn our attention. Oh, you got soundtrack and everything. Hold on, man. DeMond talking. We got to get a soundtrack. We got to get a soundtrack. DeMond's taking the mic. <laughs> All right. DeMond. Take it away, brother. Give us your review on Top Gun. We're going to the danger zone. Okay. All right, Q. Top Gun Maverick, the sequel to the 1987 film Top Gun. Okay. Tom Cruise, he does his own stunts. He flies. Were you alive in 87? Not at all. (laughs) So wait a minute. Okay, I'm not going to say that because that's going to mess up your review. Go ahead. (laughs) All right. We're going to the danger zone. Top Gun Maverick. You got Tom Cruise. He does all of his own stunts. This movie was supposed to come out maybe like three years ago, but they're like, we got to delay it. Then COVID happens. It's like, no, this movie needs to be seen in theaters. And they were not wrong. So you got Tom Cruise. What's he been doing for the past 30 years that right. there hasn't been another movie? He's still the rogue maverick. He's still the guy who doesn't want to play by the rules. And they say, hey, you're a hothead. We're going to have you train these kids for this next mission. You got to teach these kids what you know about flying. Right. And does he go in? His old buddy Goose, Goose's son, Rooster. As a part of really? this now. And you know Goose, he dies in Top Gun 1. So do you think his son likes Tom Cruise? No. <laughs> at all. I'm not going to give you any spoilers. We had a text like, hey, DeMond, no spoilers. Yeah, not yeah, going to yeah. ruin anything yeah. for you. But that's basically the whole premise of the movie. You know, Tom Cruise teaching these kids. Real one quick, quick critique that I had. I was like, some of these guys are a lot taller than Tom Cruise. And I think there's like some requirements on being a pilot. Jay Ellis was in this movie. He's um, from Insecure, if anybody watched that show. Nope. That brother's at least 6'3". <laughs> and I was like, nah, man, he ain't fit in that plane. He fit? Yeah, you know, you know they, they do the camera magic. But I'm talking about they had it all. Maybe they could have brought me in to punch up the script a little bit. Oh, there's always the there one, you go. There's always the one guy that's like, I don't like your methods. But darn it, I'm going to let you do it. You there know, you But you have that moment in the movie, and it's just like some paper should have been thrown. He should have gotten his face a little bit. That was played by John Hamm from Mad Men. And we all remember from Top Gun 1, 
the beach volleyball scene, they double it up with beach football this time. Oh. oh, yeah, there's something in this movie for everybody, if that's what you're into. Okay. I mean, Q, it took the first one and took it to a whole nother level. The last 30 minutes of this film. When did you see the first one? I'm just curious. I can't. I, I don't know, man. I like movies. I, I, I just, you just. But some, you have seen the first one. Yes. Okay. I just want to make sure. But there's also <laughs> that element of like the the first the first one was like, hey, man, you got Tom Cruise. Yeah. He's trying to prove that, hey, I'm better than Iceman. I'm the best pilot here. I am the Top Gun. The last 30 minutes of this movie is a straight up action. It's straight up action. You're really? Just, it's where you're just like, oh my god. Like, don't get up and go get popcorn. Oh no, that last 30 minutes, okay. you're locked in. Okay. So get all your popcorn early. Early. If you want to, oh, what are they, like, because the ending, Okay. they are going all out. And then the training sequences where you got the, like, hey, we got to test the limits. Yeah. You think there are so many close calls in this movie, so many twists and turns that you think that these guys, like, who are they going to kill off? Right. Because this mission seems dangerous. Okay. I'm not going to spoil anything Yeah, don't for spoil you. it. Yeah, but these guys, fantastic. A++++. Really? That That's movie. That's what movie's all about. When's the last movie you reviewed for us that you didn't like? Ooh, another one that I don't like, you know. Oh, no, 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 National Champions. Uh. Oh, that's messed up. That was our movie premiere. That was the one we went to. That was the one I invited you to. I gave you a free pass. I hooked you up. Well, damn, I was about to say something about actually the fact. Does Jurassic Park have another movie coming out? Yes, they do. Okay, well, let me tell you this. As a, as a tease, because in our business, that's what we do. We are going to have premiere passes for that. Your boy is going to host it just like we hosted the other one. And we're going to have a bunch of people that listen to Radio Nation Radio 920 that want to come out and see the movie before anyone else can. We're going to do that. Just saying. We'll, we'll, we'll bring that to the table and tell you all about that next week. Now, if that's not a tease, hmm, I don't know what is. Coming up next, Donna Oglesby, former Raiderette, current Las Vegas Aces dance team member, part of the High Rollers. She's going to join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. We've had a very action-packed show so far, and it's going to keep on going. The action, the energy is going to keep on rolling here on Unnecessary Roughness. This is what we do. Demon Cotton, your boy Q. And joining us now on the phone lines is one of our favorite guests, as Donna Oglesby, former Raider Red, current Las Vegas Aces dance team member, part of the High Rollers. Donna, how does that sound to you right there? Part of the High Rollers. That- High rollers, baby. That sounds just like Vegas, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it sure does. It sure does. And for anyone who hasn't heard you on our show before, and you've been on multiple times, you've had uh, some of your former Raiderettes uh, with you on the show as well. Uh, what was it like, you know, being uh, a former Raiderette? And, and let everyone know when you when you were a member of the Raiderettes. I was a Los Angeles Raiderette from 1983, Super Bowl 18 winner, and uh, until 1994. And then they moved to Oakland, and I was living in Vegas. So that was the end of that um, beautiful experience. The, I'm still a Raider, once a Raider, always a Raider. Yes. And, um, you know, I've been in Las Vegas since I was about 14 off and on. So, you know, this is kind of my second hometown. Right. Nothing- and it's, it's nice. we got the Raiders here. We have the um, Vegas Golden Knights. And now we have the Las Vegas Aces, who are WNBA our women's team, who is on fire right now, yes. seven and one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes, they are fantastic. They're a lot of fun. And how is that for you? I mean, you're you're used to the energy and the electricity of the football field, the Coliseum there in L.A. You know, just all that action. To now, you're 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 cheering on the hardwood for the high rollers and the aces. You know, it is a different vibe altogether because it's so close. You know, everybody's like right there. 
you know, at the football games, you know, you got an open stadium. Some of them are domes, but most of the time the fans weren't right, you know, so close. And this is just a whole great, the, the crowd was great. Our first performance, we got a standing ovation, by the way. And um, the organization, the Aces organization is stellar. There's some awesome people. It's been a great experience, I must say. I have no doubt about it. I love going out to the Aces games. I love the energy that they have. The team is fantastic. And, I mean, just being here in Las Vegas, it just brings you a different vibe. And uh, think about the crowd that's there. I mean, you know, you, you always kind of think about the crowd at a football game, but the crowd that's there, it's, it's up close and personal. They bring it. They really do bring it. They do bring it. And the Aces put on a show. I mean, they are dropping threes. Uh, they had an 18 game where they had 18 threes in this last game against the Sparks. Nice. And, I mean, there's some really uh, talented athletes on this team. And I think we're probably going to see a championship if we keep going this way before any other Las Vegas team. We might have the women's team, you know, yep. showing us how to do it. Uh, you know what? That, that's, a, that's a possibility. It really is. I mean, you, you just never know. Uh, the Raiders and the Aces, both owned by Mark Davis. So, I mean, that would be nice yes. to have some uh, extra championships uh, under the Raiders organization and, and uh, with Mark Davis. And, and, again, we're talking right now with Donna Oglesby, former Raiderette, current, uh, current high roller. And, and how did the high rollers, how did this whole thing come together? Because I remember uh, we have a, a guest, Paloma Villacana. She did a nice little piece on the high rollers, and I didn't realize that you were part of that until you told me about it today. How did everything come together for you well you know there's um uh like five of us former raiderettes that auditioned and all of us are on on the team right now and we kind of found out by one of the girls in la because she is close with the director for the raiderettes um tiff mcniff who is fabulous by the way she's mm -hmm. our choreographer and she kind of runs our show too and we went there and it was really awesome um the president of the aces uh, Nikki Fargus came by to give us support, and we were all excited. And they've just shown us nothing but love. And I must say, this has been a stellar thing that we're doing. And I just feel uh, it's just great. I can't even explain to you how awesome the ACES organization is and just, um, just a great group of people. Yeah, Donna, you mentioned when you, your first season with the Raiders championship. I think the Aces are also ah. going to win the championship this year. Maybe you right? have a good I luck think charm. I could be the lucky one. I could, <laughs> it could be me. <laughs> but when you're working, when you're on a team and you get to go out there and perform with a good team, does that make your performance even that much better, knowing that the team oh, that makes, you're working for is like doing so well anyways? It gives you so much energy. I don't even know. You feel like you're on, on cloud nine. And the fans even just boost that up as well. So, you know, you just got that whole, uh, all the energy from everybody, and it just feels good. It just makes you just want to do your best all the time. Well, Donna, you always are doing your best. You're always out there, regardless if you're out there in actual performance or you're just out and about and just having a good time. I've you not having a good time what is it where, where, where do you get that vibe from where it's just like hey it's 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 all good let's just have a good time no matter who you're with well my mother always told me you know just leave a good impression wherever you go you know try to do your best always even in a bad situation you try to make uh lim you know lemonade out of lemons right and so i always want to feel that i've left people smiling when they think of me and and just you know 
I want to leave, you know, a good impression wherever I go. Right. I'm, I travel all over the world, so I know everybody. So yes, you do. You know, I, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Absolutely. Again, we're talking with Donna Oglesby here on NSA Roughness Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, uh, the Raiderettes, you know, uh, football's fabulous females. They're around, and you guys have done recently. You've done the the passing of the torch. You did that last year. I mean, what does that mean to you to be able to come in, go to Allegiant Stadium, see the new Raiderettes coming in, and what they're able to do, and just continue to see that tradition tradition grow? Oh. It's awesome. We have a sisterhood that spans from the 60s, by the way, and we have our 60th Raiderette reunion coming up in August, and we will have our, you know, our OGs from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, up until the new girls this year. They're a beautiful squad. They are so excited. They had their first practice last week, I believe, Tuesday, and they are just ready to cheer on the Raiders, and, you know, it just um, feels really good to to be able to know that they respect us and feel like we're their bigger sisters and we're here for anything they may need. Yeah, what what is that conversation like when when the younger ones look up to you and realize like, hey man, that's Donna. Oh, she was here on this uh, Super Bowl team, and you know what I mean. Like, how how does that conversation go? Well, it, it, you just asked that because uh, we had a practice for our, the uh, high rollers. We have our practices on Monday nights, and two of the um, current Raiderettes who are going to be line captains, and it's their first time, you know, being a line captain, which means, you know, you run your line, and we have groups of four. We have four lines for the Raiderettes, and one, two, three, and four. And line four is basically the tall line, all the girls over a certain height. And so I told them, I said, you know, they were, they were kind of nervous. I said, listen, you are the captain. They chose you for a reason. You take a little bit of what they say, but you make sure you stay in control of your line and, you know, do it with grace and let them know that, you know, they are beauties just like you and, you know, they are there to cheer on the Raiders and that's all you guys are there. You have one goal in mind is to do your best out there on the field and, and look good. Well, so, yeah, they were they were really cool. They're really cute, too. They're so young. I'm <laughs> like, oh, I remember when I was that young. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm only 32. I don't know how I'm on the high rollers. No, I, hey, I, you know, I, you, you snuck I in there. I lied on my application. <laughs> there you go. Didn't we all? Didn't we all lie on our application? <laughs> I'll tell you this, uh, DeMond wouldn't be able to stand in line four because that's the tall line. He wouldn't be able to stand in line there four. There was no reason well, for that. No, no. And see, w- w- when I cheered, we had a true line four. I think our shortest girl was like five, ten and a half. Yeah, DeMond, so, you're out. you know, that was, you know, how we got a – you know, we were great. <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. We're good. <laughs> In our minds, we were the best. and But, no, the whole squad is great. You know, you get there, you practice. You know, everybody's kind of type A with that. You know, a dancer is wants to do her best dance every time, you know. Mm-hmm. Facts. Absolutely. To, you, know, you know, so that's what we, you know, that's why we do what we do because we want to make people – you know, it's it's a um, uh, it's like a feeling you want to get that spirit for your team, just like they do. Right, and that there's a reason you're out there. You know. Mm-hmm. I got you. I got you. Well, let me know when's when's the uh, when's the next time that you you ladies are out there performing because we we also got to get out there to see the Aces game, but we definitely want to see your performances. So when's the next time you guys are out there? Okay, so August 31st is our next performance. And that will be, I believe it's a night game. You can pull up the schedule. Just, gotcha. You know, 
Google it. And then June 5th, we have another performance, so we have two kind of back-to-back. And then I will send you the schedule with the rest of them. Okay. The games yeah. that we're cheering. All right. And uh, it's been fun. It's been really, it's a really good experience. Thank you guys for the opportunity to let everyone know to come check out the Aces. They have tickets on sale for every game. They're not too expensive, so you could bring your family maybe. A family of four won't cost you an arm and a leg mm-hmm. like some of the, the games. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I'm already knowing. I'm already knowing. It's a great time out as well. Well, you enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Thank you so much for checking in with us. It's always great to talk to you and catch up, and, and we'll have to hang out soon. Yes, we will. Thanks, guys. And you guys have a great holiday weekend. Everyone be safe out there. We'll see you at the Las Vegas Aces Games. Yes. There it is. There you go. Thank you so much. Donna Oglesby, former Raiderette, current Las Vegas Aces dance team member. High rollers, as she said. She's only 32. Uh, the, 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 the ladies on the team are 50 and older, but Donna, like she said, she lied on her application, but she's doing her thing. So definitely go out there and check them out. Uh, I love to go to the Aces games. I'll tell you right now, uh, when we have Paloma on talking about the Aces, it's always fun. Uh, they're a hell of a team. And, man, this year I do believe they have an opportunity to make a run. And wouldn't that be something? Do you want to talk about bragging rights? She was with the Raiders in 83 when they won. Now she's rolling with the Aces. What if they go and win? That's bragging rights right there. I don't mind bragging. You, she would have to say, it's, I'm the reason. Oh, she would. <laughs> you, know, you know Donna ain't shy. Donna's not shy at all. She wouldn't have any problem talking about she is the reason. But, uh, many thanks to her. It's always great to catch up with her. And I'll tell you, man, anytime you see her out and about or whatever, she's always just got a, a big smile on her face, always happy and just having a good time. And that's actually how I met her. Me and the wife were out at dinner one night, and her and some other Raiderettes, uh, they all came walking into the restaurant, and, and we were all in the back and listening to some music. And she just came in, started dancing, partying, and we all just hung out. It was cool, and it's just that's just how it is, and that's how friendships are born. So uh, many thanks to Donna for giving us a few minutes of her time right there. 342 is the time. We'll come back. We'll close out the show. Your calls and text. Hit us up, 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line is 69187, keyword r This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Had an action-packed show. I love it. Fast and Furious, 347 is the time. Got a few minutes left in today's show. We'll pass the sticks on to Vinny Bonsignor. He's actually at the TI, Treasure Island. Go check him out. The Golden Circle Sportsbook. He's going to be hanging out there until 6 o'clock. It's a good place to be. It's a really good place to be. It's one of my favorite places to go and hang out. When Vinny's there, when Vinny's not there, I mean, it's just a spot. It's a good spot. So if you want to if you want to go check out a good place and hear some good uh, sports talk and, and hang out and watch the TVs and all that other good stuff, you definitely want to go check out Vinny from 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle, closing out the week really strong. Remember, we'll all be off on Monday. Uh, hopefully everyone is uh, recognizing the day on Monday. It's not just a holiday. It's not just a day off work or off school. Well, actually, school's over, but it's a, it's a day to remember. It's a day to reflect, Memorial Day. And, you know, I know a lot of folks say, you know, happy Memorial Day or, you know, and uh, whatever. They start talking about it and then, some people get upset because you start, you know, shouting out veterans and all of that stuff. And, and uh, you know, remember what Memorial Day is all about. You know, it's about the ones that lost lost their lives to, to allow us to do what we do on the daily. And, and, you know, and I always like to take it a step further and also shout out the ones that are are continuing to, to fight the, the good fight so we can do stuff like that. And I know it's, it, Memorial Day is about the ones that lost their life. I get that. I totally get that. But I also like to because I don't think that myself, I know I can only speak for myself. I know I don't. 
I don't think in and, and talk about, you know, military enough because I know how valuable they are and how much they mean to us. So uh, all the veterans out there, I, I definitely respect and, and, and have so, so much love for you and appreciate everything that you've done. Uh, of course, Memorial Day, going to think about the ones that lost their lives. I know everyone has people in their family that have lost their lives, uh, you know, and fighting for our country and fighting for our freedom. So definitely honor all of them. And as I mentioned, continue to honor the ones that are currently fighting right now as well, because without them, there is none of us. So I just want to make sure that we all, as as we go into the weekend, we're going to have family coming in uh, from Texas. They're coming in into town this weekend. That's going to be cool. And we're all going to have a lot of fun and everyone's going to be joking and laughing and everything. But take a couple seconds, do yourself a favor, take yourself a, 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 a little bit of time, and just reflect on on what the day actually means and why we are, uh, you know, celebrating the day and thinking back to what Memorial Day really is. I mean, I just definitely cannot hammer that home enough that uh, days like that, you know, Veterans Day, we we reflect on on what's going on, you know, in the country. And, man, I'll tell you, <laughs> I, you don't need me to tell you all the stuff going on in the country. But Veterans Day, you know, Fourth of July, we always think back. But really, man, our, our military – our armed forces, our veterans, the ones that we lost, we need to really think about and honor them like every day, <laughs> every day. Cause it's not a four or five day a year job. It's an everyday job that, uh, the, the young men and women, uh, have, have do have done and continue to do. And I I'm telling you, I cannot appreciate them more. Uh, I think for me, when I was in Texas, we would, I would go to Fort hood all the time. Cause it was, it was one of those places that was close to us and we do some radio shows from there. And so I get, I got to meet and greet with a lot of the, you know, the military and it really took my appreciation level from one spot to a whole nother spot, knowing everything that they were doing. So that's why a lot of times I, I'll go on a, a, a conversation and, and probably talk more, more than people want to hear, but that's okay. I, I don't mind, you know, because I just know how valuable and how meaningful the military is. So uh, everyone who's got a family member, who, who may have lost their life or you know someone who lost their life uh, fighting for us, man, we honor you. We thank you. We love you. We appreciate you uh, because without them, uh, I'm not doing what I do every day. I promise you. DeMond's not doing what he does and loves every day. And many of us aren't doing what we love to do every day. You know, I know my man Vegas Jess, hang out with him and the family all the time. I know he's a veteran. I appreciate him. And I know Monday's not Veterans Day again. I want to say that before someone gets angry. <laughs> so much anger all the time, but you know, it, it, it's, it's still, it's, it's still worth mentioning. Definitely still worth mentioning. Uh, just remember what, what the day is really about. I mean, truly, especially in these days that we've seen the past week or so, everything that's going on in the country. I'm still not, no joke. My, my heart still hurts a little bit for what happened uh, earlier this, this week in Texas, just because, you know, you just, you think back and think, man, what if that, you know, what if that had been me or what if that had been someone that I know? I mean, it's just, they're so, so many things and thoughts that go through my mind. I guess the older that I get, I get a little, I don't know, I guess get sentimental or whatever, you know, more than I was when I was 21, you know? So um, it's just, it's nuts, man. You know, it's nuts. We, 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 we're, we're in a good place, but we're not in a great place as far as I'm concerned. You know, we've got a lot of work to do to make each other around us better. So, uh, you know, it, it starts with us at home, but, you know, with what our military and everyone does, uh, I, I can't thank enough. And, and I say that about the police as well. I say it about the police as well. Let's not get it twisted. You know, there's been some great men and women that, uh, you know, help protect our communities on the daily. I know my dad told me a long time ago, he said, don't don't allow someone to make a decision on your life. So uh, help them help you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, they're, they're, you know, police officers have an awful job, man. And I don't mean an awful job like it's bad. It's just it's an awful decision. You know, they, they can get they can pull over me or they could pull over someone else. You know, 
They pull over me, everything's fine. They pull over someone else, they don't know. You know, I mean, that's that's so that they're in a tough position as well. So everyone who looks out for our community and our country, man, we definitely love them and appreciate them and just want to uh, thank them this holiday weekend and, and just kind of reflect a little bit. So, you know, uh, Vegas Pete hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line. says, this is Memorial Day. Let's remember Al Davis, who served as well, uh, one of the Napoleons. And, yeah, and how, how fitting is it that Al Davis's birthday is on the 4th of July? I, I always – every 4th of July, it always makes me, you know, not – not get teary-eyed or anything, but I mean, it just kind of makes you think that, man, Al Day was born on 4th of July. Of course he was, right? Why wasn't he, right? You know what I mean? Like, doesn't it just sound right? Doesn't it make sense? And I'll tell you this, this 4th of July is going to be super special for me when it comes up because that's the first weekend I, I came to Vegas. I, I left Central Texas last year, 4th of July weekend, and I made it to my mom's house on the 4th of July. I literally got here. I took off on the 3rd, and I made it here on the 4th. Or I took off on the 2nd. No, I, I took off on the 3rd. Yeah, I drove, started driving on the 3rd and got here on the 4th. So this 4th of July will be really cool. I was so tired from that drive, Damon. Mm-hmm. I never even saw the fireworks on the 4th of July. I was in bed before it even got dark. I was like, Mom, I'm going to sleep. Like, I thought I was going to stay awake, and I was going to watch the fireworks show. <sighs> Bruh. No way. I was so exhausted from that drive. It was brutal. Two days? Well, I took off around noon on the 3rd, and I drove until I couldn't drive anymore, which was about, I don't know, maybe midnight or almost 1 in the morning. So then I pulled over somewhere in Albuquerque, uh, some hotel in Albuquerque. It takes like 20 hours to drive out of freaking Texas. So damn big. (laughs) So I pulled over somewhere in Albuquerque, got a hotel, and then got up the next morning and drove the rest of the way. Before we close it out. Been here ever since. Before we close it, I gotta address something on Can't the text line. Can't get rid line. of me now. I, said, I gotta address something on the text line real quick. Right. Got a text. The new Top Gun was more of a remake of the old movie than a sequel. A remake is when it's completely different, where you have Uh-oh. like Robop, Robocop that comes out in the 90s and they remake Robocop in, you know, 2010 or whatever. It's a clear sequel. Tom Cruise, he's got the goose connection with Rooster. Iceman is still in the movie. That's a sequel. It's a continuation of those characters. You don't know what you're talking about. Why are you so angry? Why are you so angry? He was coming at me. How about this? We'll end it. We'll end it with this. Let me go ahead and pass it on to Vinny before before Demond loses his damn mind. Demond channeled his inner Lester Hayes and Chandler Jones. Got me hyped for this movie. Good job on that review, brother. How come you didn't read that one? How come that wasn't the text you read? You know how we all are. Got to go. Got to attack the negative. But no, you, you didn't have to attack the negative. You could have <laughs> just wrote out the positive vibes we were having. Try to ruin the moment. That's that wrestler in you. That's that WWE You got heel. another thing coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do got another thing coming. It's called In the Huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. You're riding shotgun with Vinny Bonsignor, who's at the TI. Make sure you go check him out, man. Enjoy your weekend. Stay safe all weekend. We'll be back in your ear hole on Tuesday. Have a great time. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Vinny's up next.